Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. Our conversation today will focus back in on the emerging markets and what investors in the space need to be mindful of against the current macro backdrop, including how to think about positioning portfolios. Uh, joining us for the conversation, glad to welcome back Alejo Zaranko, Chief Investment Officer for Emerging Markets Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. So Alejo, welcome back to our monthly emerging markets conversation. Great to be with you as always. Looking forward to it. Good morning, Dan. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I will point out up front to our listeners, our clients, that our conversation this morning will tie right into the most recent investing in emerging markets, a monthly flagship, the title for the month of May, a stick to your plan. And we'll get into that a bit further in just a few moments, though the piece can now be located up on UBS.com forward slash CIO for everyone's reference. Uh, maybe Alejo taking a step back, just reflecting on the year that has been thus far, a very very challenging for global investors. I suppose the word dismal uh, would be appropriate to insert there. Can you, Alejo, help us to recap some of the drivers behind the ongoing market pressures and uh, the overall state of investor sentiment at the moment? Of course, Dan. The world remains a scary place for investors this year. Indeed, as you highlighted, we have really been dealt with one negative shock on top of another. And taken all together, they're imposing a, a pretty sizable toll on the global economic outlook. We started the year with a dramatic repricing of Federal Reserve policy, which continues to this date. This was almost immediately followed by, as we know, Russia's invasion of Ukraine, which in turn was succeeded by draconian lockdowns in the largest cities, of the world's second largest economy. I'm talking about China, of course. So we've faced four bruising months as investors, during which just about every major asset class but commodities has lost ground. And as of today, I'd, I'd argue that few optimists are less standing. Uh, when you look at the overall status of uh, state of investor sentiment, it's quite poor. Investor positioning has turned, by and large, defensive. Let me give you a, a couple of examples. I've joined the IMF World Bank meetings that take place twice a year. Uh, they've returned in person in Washington, D.C. late April. Uh, these are meetings that gather poly policymakers, uh, academics, investors from around the world, and discussions were dominated by global growth concerns, and the overall tone was, was pretty downbeat. Now, if you look at more systematic gauges of investor sentiment, they also paint a pretty bleak picture. The American Association of Individual Investors surveys members weekly with a very simple question. What direction do you feel the U.S. stock market will take in the next six months? The latest print of uh, the last Friday of April indicated that just 16.5% of respondents were bullish. This is the lowest reading for the survey in almost three decades, lower than in the depths of the coronavirus pandemic, lower than in the depths of the global financial crisis. This is, you know, a lot of uh, pessimism out, out there. Bringing the conversation uh, to the emerging markets, 
net long positions in emerging market equities are currently comparable to those seen during the depths of the pandemic in March of 2020. This is based on data from the Commodity Futures Trading Commission. So even after the decently good performance that we've seen in markets uh, over the last 24, 24 hours, I think overall the, the sentiment remains low and positioning quite defensive. So it does not sound like that there are many bright spots out there for the reasons you mentioned, Alejo. Understandable how there is so much pessimism amongst investors at the moment and not too many optimists out there. I'm I'm curious, Alejo, does the chief investment office here at UBS, do they adhere to this prevailing pessimism? Overall, Dan, we have a more balanced view because it's interesting. Experience has shown us that it's precisely in moments when the market seems to be headed nowhere but down that even a less bad than expected development can lead to a positive investment outcome. Because if you think about how asset markets work, price performance is a function of what transpires relative to what is priced in. And today, sizable bad news is still priced in. Let me give you a couple of examples here. Since 1945, the average S&P 500 drawdown during a recession in the U.S. has been about 30%. At the moment, after yesterday's rally, we are over 10% below the S&P 500 peak. A very rudimentary estimate, therefore, points to a one-third chance of a near-term recession being priced into markets today. Um, Again, thinking about the emerging markets, Emerging market equities are trading at a 35% discount to U.S. stocks. This is very large relative to historical standards. And this pricing illustrates low economic and earnings expectations by investors for emerging markets. Thinking about fixed income, when you compare uh, emerging market high yield with U.S. high yield, the ratio between the spreads over treasuries offered by these two segments is at a level similar to that seen in March of, of 2020, at the peak once again of pandemic concerns. So all this, I think, helps illustrate that there's quite a bit of bad news priced in. And we're not going to pretend that it's all sunshine and rainbows in terms of the global economy. Undoubtedly, the near-term outlook for markets remains uncertain. Uh, let me give you one source of angst that we, of course, do share. If we were to see a prolonged halt of Russian gas supplies to Europe, this would most likely tip the continent into a recession. At the same time, Dan, we shouldn't suffer from a failure of imagination to the upside. We've seen a, you know, one negative shock on top of the other this year, but at some point we might as well get a positive shock. What if China eases fiscal policy more than expected? What if China and the U.S. were to reach some sort of agreement or impasse regarding the listing status of Chinese companies trading in the U.S.? You could think about another scenario. What if labor force participation in the U.S. increases and therefore helps low wage growth and allows the Fed to pursue a more moderate tightening cycle. Finally, there is the possibility that some sort of impasse is reached on the war in in Ukraine. So 
what I'm trying to convey here, Dan, is that uh, what matters to markets is what transpires relative to what's priced in. There's bad news priced in, and we shouldn't forget that you know we could get a positive shock down the road. So a lot of unknowns, and it really does go both ways, as you outlined it for us, Alejo. You have your positive scenarios, you have your negative scenarios. So from the vantage point of an investor, the question really becomes, well, how can I position, given the environment that we're in, given all of those unknowns, and just in light of the nature of our conversation this morning, in particular, how can emerging market assets perhaps help prepare portfolios for what might come? Starting with the basics, then, we think that a well-thought-out strategy, one that features a good match between your personal goals and your investments, this remains the best defense in an investor's toolkit. Such strategy should feature geographic diversification as well. And I think April's market performance is a good example of of the importance of this. U.S. equities underperform global equities, including emerging market equities, by three percentage points. In the current environment, then, currency moves are also becoming more pronounced. And although we remain bullish on the U.S. dollar near term, we are less positive on the U.S. dollar medium term. And we should not forget that several countries are likely thinking about ways to diversify their global reserve assets away from the U.S. dollar when they saw what happened, for instance, to Russia's international reserves being froze, two-thirds of which were froze overnight earlier earlier this year. Uh, bringing this back to emerging market assets, we continue to think they offer opportunities to enhance returns and at the same time, enhance resilience of investment portfolios. And let me run you through a number of, of tactical ideas uh, and, and strategic ideas that uh, we, we favor. Within the equity space in emerging markets, we like select structural earnings growth leaders, such as the internet and e-commerce players in the emerging world, which are trading at fairly attractive valuations. We also think that those emerging market firms ahead of peers in terms of adopting and implementing ESG standards should continue to outperform. With a longer investment horizon, we see opportunities in emerging market infrastructure, emerging market healthcare, and in the realm of frontier markets. Moving on to fixed income, then, we favor American and global emerging market oil and gas issuers, which we think are well positioned to benefit from our view of higher for longer commodity prices. And we've put together as well a range of opportunities in short duration bonds, uh, the yield of which has improved as of late in, in, in order to better manage liquidity needs. Uh, so that is in some than a, the range of opportunities uh, Going back to to the bottom line, uh, geographic diversification is key. Currency moves are becoming more pronounced. In this context, emerging market assets can be very helpful to enhance returns and resilience of portfolios simultaneously. And we just discussed a number of specific specific options. 
Well, there is indeed a lot there to consider. So Alejo, thank you very much for the guidance with respect to allocation and for sharing your take on the macro environment as it stands at the moment and what the balance of the year might have in store for markets and investors. Of course, plenty here we can follow up on. So Alejo, looking forward to picking back up with our Emerging Markets conversation next month. Uh, though, thank you again for dropping by this morning. Appreciate the insights as always. Thanks again for the invite. Happy to be here. Thank you, Alejo. And again, this morning, we've been joined by Alejo Zerwanko, the Chief Investment Officer for Emerging Markets Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. And as a reminder, during our conversation this morning, Alejo has been making reference to the Investing in Emerging Markets monthly flagship. Again, the title for the month of May, Stick to Your Plan. That piece can now be located up on UBS.com forward slash CIO. Of course, if you are a client of UBS, you can contact your financial advisor if you would like to receive a copy of the publication directly. Top of the Morning is part of the UBS Market Moves podcast channel, which is available where podcasts are found, including on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Pandora. Visit UBS.com forward slash studios to view the entire podcast offering, as well as the new UBS trending video series. From UBS Studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.